0: This week, on the Notorious Scoundrels podcast...
1: Uh... uh Wedge is still super unplayable. <laughs> yeah, better than he was. He's worth five points, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a podcast focused on tactics and competitive play for Star Wars Legion. Hosted by Kyle Dornboss, Michael Barry and David Zelenka, with Jay Shalansky, the man behind the
1: glass.
2: Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. My name is Kyle. I'm here with Mike and David. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. You're doing pretty good, yeah. Getting uh, some Worlds prep
0: done. Uh, Thinking hard about Rebels versus CIS. Thinking hard about lots of other potential lists one might face thinking Tell about your
1: how much do you hate count dooku a lot <laughs> he's very good <laughs> okay um okay.
0: Uh, hi tom <laughs> thanks for kicking my ass repeatedly with that guy <laughs> <laughs> learning to respect them <laughs> day by day
2: yeah you don't want to mess with the count he's a. Uh, he's very good at dealing with aggressive units like tauntauns and Luke. so one dead tauntaun ah ah. ah. <laughs> we'll just keep
0: piling on the body count as the game goes on. Yep. Yeah. That light, that lightning saber throw combo is nuts, man. It's really good. It's good. I'm not it's sure. Real good.
2: If, yeah, I'm not sure if I'd take saber throw just for that, but it's it's good. It's pretty dang nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I prefer having the exhaustible force powers on him. And yeah. Choke I- push reflexes is pretty pretty good when you have a master the force too. Yeah, you get a ton of mileage from yep. from Master of the Ports too. All
2: right, so we have um, a lot of things on the agenda today. We uh, are going to talk about our RRG takeaways last week, and by last week I mean yesterday when the episode aired. We talked to Luke about uh, Luke Eddie uh, about the RRG. Um, And of course, he basically wrote the thing along with Alex. So um, that was something falling off my desk. Uh, Not a copy of the RRG. Nice. No, it
0: needs to be at least twice as loud crash, because, you know.
2: Yeah, it's very thick. Um, So yeah, we'll talk about our takeaways from that uh, relatedly because it was the first major event to use the new RRG, including the TomTom and changes. We're going to talk about the EuroChamp results. That would be the European Championship results. They do, in fact, play Legion over there. Um, and uh, we're also going to talk a little Legion 101, how to play uh, a gun line versus an, uh, <laughs> an aggressive list and vice versa. And then in our exploratory section, because we promised we would do this two weeks ago and then we didn't, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Chewy. So uh, fifth trooper... Our um, uh, brother podcast, sister podcast, related podcast, other network podcast is um, going to have a super awesome interview this week with somebody that I'm sure most of our listeners have heard of uh, outside the context of Legion. So the um, uh, this individual also apparently plays Legion. Uh, but uh, yeah, check that out. Um, I've listened to some of it already. It's, it's awesome. So um, yeah. Uh, check out the Fifth Trooper this week. Um, also, as we approach Adepticon, just another plug for our uh, YouTube, 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 the Fifth Trooper YouTube. So go subscribe to that, which I just learned how to do recently. There's a little button that says subscribe, and you just click on it. Um, all right. That's housekeeping. <laughs> Somebody else can do that segment next week.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> now it's at the news. Welcome
1: to In the News.
2: All right, so we did get a new RRG last week. It was officially legal on the 28th, which was um, Friday. So there's a lot of stuff in there. Um, let's set aside the Tauntaun and short changes for a minute. Besides that, do you guys have like any major takes on the rest of the
1: stuff that is in there? Um, I, wedge is still super unplayable. <laughs>
0: He's yeah. Better than he was. He's worth five points at least. Yeah.
1: So,
2: yeah, we actually yeah. didn't get we didn't get to that with Luke, but um yeah, Wedge yeah. Now, I, I guess you still have to exhaust him, but he now gives you a free pivot.
1: Yeah. It's so like, it a, seems like
2: it's like worse reposition.
1: Right, I it's definitely. exhaustible reposition. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean like uh I sort of feel like if you're going to make a change that affects the airspeeder, you might as well make one that like means something. Yeah, I don't, I mean, It, it, it seemed like very obscure, like it was like one of those things where, you know, you got, you're like, you know, in Congress and fighting over a bill and somebody like throws a, you know, bridge to nowhere in there. That's, that's what this felt like to me or you yeah.
0: discover some precedent from like the 18th century yeah yeah some 200
2: year old law <laughs> that kind of like oh it's, this illegal. Actually flies here. <laughs> oh it's illegal to hang your boxers from a flagpole oh we better fix that yeah, yeah. well ledge yeah. took
0: his boxers down from the flagpole <laughs> and he's joined the rest of the the rest of the legion crew um also not being the
1: best five point upgrade in the game so yeah yeah <laughs> You know, I don't know. I just it like really stuck out to me. I was like, why? Why did this even happen? You know, um,
2: it's it's weird to like errata a bad card to then still be bad. Like
0: why?
1: I mean, okay. The
0: the one place I think okay, okay. Hear me out on this. All right. So they give us the jockey, which is the answer to the DLT spam problem. Before the game was full of critical guns which ob- obsoleted that fix immediately. Sure. And so yep. now the pilot slot is open season. And so you're like, okay, well now I can take a five point wedge and free five points up for LTA when targeting array, the, the target thing. Um, you know, I could see that being a thing, you know, that's, 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 that's yeah. where I see that card fitting in.
1: I, I will say that, um, the fact that this card is bad has a lot more to do with the unit it's attached to than
2: <laughs> Yeah, like the ability is interesting, but ultimately it's I mean, it's literally exhaustible reposition. Like I think I think if they had just cut the exhaust off the card and then kept the, the pivot text the same and essentially just given it reposition, I think that would have still been fine. Somewhat my local said they could fix the air speeder by giving it the the high impact shell
0: to make it yeah, that I can see that. super threatening, like make it an actual tank hunter. That's a glass cannon.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like the air speeder has a compulsory move. I don't really feel like it generally has issues with getting to where it needs to be.
2: You know? I agree. Um, yeah. I'd rather, I mean, the, the problem with the air speeder is that it has six dice. Yep. Yeah. There's no and way not, to increase the amount of dice it has. And not nine. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can have it, Ten have ten dice, man. You got not, that sweet not, ground, but not
2: in the same pool. Not in the same pool. <laughs> Unless somehow you manage to get a unit in both your front and rear arcs,
1: right? Well, well that's what that repositions for, right? Right.
0: <laughs> yet, yet again, like well, I mean, yeah, okay. I'll buy. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. If you ever, if I mean, you ever played, okay, I'm just gonna take a little tangent here. Sorry. If you ever played X-wing, all right. There's a, a ship called the Thai Special Forces that has a front arc and a rear arc. And the dream shot was to maneuver so that you got your both your ass and your front within range one of enemy targets. And so I guess I could see that being true for Wedge, except there's no bonus to being to, to doing that. There's no actual bonus other than the opportunity to shoot. It's not like you're somehow adding dice because you put yourself in a certain point a par, part of the board. In, in fact, I'd almost say that aggressive positioning is worse because you are vulnerable to being shot by more things. So oh, it, it's like Legion punishes this mechanic, uh, horrendously. It's not a benefit to actually flex your arsenal too.
2: Yeah. I'm always hesitant to get my ass in range. One of enemy targets. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it's not ever good. Never good. <laughs> uh- all uh,
0: right sorry i'm just i'm just moving (laughs) on i'm spitting hot lead today i don't know um
2: let's uh so the other the as far as takes are concerned i think the secret mission bounty thing was great um
1: it's what it should have been from the start
2: right yeah they just no interaction whatsoever no touching goodness Uh, it's much clearer that way there's no possible gotcha moments uh Balance-wise, it creates or rather preserves bounty as a potential counter to R2, which I think is necessary.
1: Um, Yeah, I thought it was actually the more interesting part of that change I thought was that uh, opposing bounties don't interact with each other anymore, Um, which I thought was interesting.
2: Yeah. Um, And that's going to be like, uh, I mean... It's, that's that's a real ninja change. And I think people are probably going to play that wrong for a bit because that one was yeah, not I mean, well it, advertised.
1: I mean, I, I didn't know it until Luke was like, Hey, in this thing. And I was like, Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. I, I think thematically it made sense the way it worked to some degree.
2: Like you could um, steal another bounty hunters bounty.
1: Oh yeah. There's yeah. like all sorts of stories in star Wars lore about bounty hunters tracking down bounty hunters who had a bounty that they were like, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah so I don't know but
2: um, I think it's probably cleaner this way yeah I think it makes
1: sense from a rules perspective for sure yeah.
2: um all right so let's talk about the Tom and short changes real quick
0: like one, one more one, one more thing okay we on. I'm sorry I should have left in earlier no worries uh, was the was the repulsor vehicle height thing is that new repulsors repulsors can move over terrain that they're taller than uh
2: I don't know if it's new. I actually, I'm not sure if that's blue text or not. I think it just hasn't been relevant before because all repulsor vehicles have had sp- speed, the speeder X keyword. Oh, okay. Which means that they explicitly ignore terrain less than height, whatever. Okay. Oh,
1: let's let's stop and hold up for a second. What you meant to say was all repulsor vehicles were bad. <laughs>
2: Well, that's also accurate, but the, uh, the point is... Well,
0: uh, when we talk about Euros, we should talk about this, because a certain repulsor vehicle made a made a big splash yeah. at Euros. We should talk about that.
2: Yeah, we will in a second. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think it was just, whether it was there or not, it hasn't really been relevant until we got the, the hover tanks, which don't have the speeder keyword, but are in fact repulsor vehicles.
1: And they're actually good.
2: Right, yes. the Saber and the AAT. Um, yeah. Oh, we should mention that, by the way. So the uh, they did send out an email. I don't know if we've had a cast since they did this. They sent out an email to the World's Players, um, which was also posted in various places. Uh, the AAT will be out on March 20th. Uh, they are explicitly, essentially, waiving the 11-day legality. Yeah, gosh, I can't talk today. Legality rule for it. Um, and they're also waiving the painting requirement. Uh, so um, you can buy your AAT on March 20th which is um, well within 11 days of Adepticon and uh, you don't have to paint it and you can use it at Adepticon so I've um, never heard of them doing this
0: for any unit at least like across any game system. across any of the games yeah I've never heard of them doing this
2: Uh yeah, I mean it's um a little unprecedented. I think it was clear that the um that the saber and the AAT were supposed to be out at the same time as like a mirrored release, and for whatever reason the AAT got delayed, and they wanted to make sure that CIS players could still use their big fun toy. Um, I don't know. I don't yeah. really have an opinion one way or the other about this.
1: I mean, I think it's unprecedented, but I think the delays they're having are also kind of unprecedented yeah. um, to some degree. Um, I don't know. I mean, if they didn't yeah. have a delay, it would have been legal, right? Like, Yeah. Like, yeah, the intended so.
2: release date was, you know, uh, like, a few days ago, the 28th. So, um, yeah, whatever's causing the delay, obviously, we don't have any insight into that. But um, it was not uh, planned, and um, they're still going to let CIS players use it at Adepticon. Uh, they were also careful to say that anything else released on that same date would not be legal. Um, so, we'll have to see what that is. But obviously, this this tells me um, I think this kind of codifies or solidifies what is in fact going to be legal for Worlds. Which is essentially what we now have plus the AAT and that's it.
1: Yeah, they definitely the, the implication of that article was the AAT is the last thing that will be legal for Worlds for sure. Yep, that's That's how I read it
2: as well. So, um, for those that were worried that, like, vital assets or something like that might drop at the last minute and everyone has to scramble to deal with nine new battle cards, um, it sounds like that's not going to be the case. Embrace the chaos! (laughs) I think that would have been hilarious, but, um, you know, as, uh, actually, Luke talked about it. I mean, I I think he explicitly said, you know, that um, this would be, like, the sort of the end of, of this year of Legion, so dropping vital assets right before that and making it legal would would be kind of weird so with that in mind let's talk about those tauntaun and short changes uh short has um essentially lost the ability to do the comms relay chain i need to rewrite half of my short troop article um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah the emplacements cannot take comms relay anymore um I think this affects certain types of empire lists, but generally speaking, it doesn't really touch the inherent efficiency of the short trooper unit. To include the T twenty one B, you know, my two favorite lists from LVO were uh, Luke Cooks and our colleague Mike Sarillos. Neither of which had comms relays on them, and both of which included at least two short troopers. So, um, I don't know. I think it's still very possible to uh, get orders to your shores most of the time, and they're still a great unit. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think this brings the power level of... I mean, first of all, um, I don't think this does anything to the power level of short troopers generally. I think it brings the power level of certain lists down. Um, Lists that are running... That were running, like, Bosk, and also getting... You know, a bunch of aim tokens through like Krennic um, DT comms relation Anigans aren't going to get to do that anymore on certain turns.
2: Right. Or like the ATST list that like Luke Cook was running in Invader, you know, yeah. where you're basically running an ATST, making sure it gets an order with like targeting or every turn, and then also, you know, like all your short troopers get orders too. Well,
1: I actually think that those lists are probably less affected. Like, clearly it hurts that one specifically, but like you still have a bunch of command cards that give orders to multiple things. Um, like it, sure on your assault turn, like you only have one order on the ST, but like you, or sorry on your ambush turn, not assault. Um, and, but on your assault turn, you're still handing out a bunch of aim tokens and on your coordinated fire turn, you're still handing out a bunch of aim tokens. Like, I don't know. Yeah. If- um, I th- yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, if you're running a list with the generics in there, um, you know, plus some commander that's hand out, hands out orders himself, then you're probably still mostly getting orders to most of your shores anyway. I mean, it kind of solidifies Krennic because the best
0: shore trooper commander because Krennic DT relay works around it, and I think just about every shore list that was going to take relays now drops all the relays and buys scopes instead so yeah you know nice that's <laughs> like thanks uh thanks ffg for helping me build a better list <laughs> or like <a> nice, <laughs> yeah, all I'm gonna, my scope shores yeah. are, are just gonna wreck your face
1: <laughs> i mean i think that uh there is a reasonable argument that um scope shores are just better than having mortars with comms relays like the, the mortar comms relay is like more efficient but um like if you weren't going to do anything with all those extra orders anyways like I don't know. Having scopes is way better. You know? Um, I I think the the problem with the short trooper is not fundamentally the the mortar relay problem. Yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of closing a loophole, so to speak. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it takes the the bleeding edge off, but there's still plenty of edge left. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like, imagine rerolling three dice on a T21, you know, and, and getting more crits even more crits.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I had to make any change to the short trooper unit, I think I'd just remove critical one. Yeah, actually. Yeah. I think they're fine. If you do that. Yeah but, really the strong dice pool. yeah. but I think that's okay. I, I think an 84 point right. unit. Yeah. Totally. Ha- having a strong dice pool is okay. Yeah. I think the, the, the primary issue is like they have a strong dice pool at range four because of critical one and it's a problem.
2: Yeah. I agree. Like it's, it's not remotely weird to get two, two if not like
1: three crits at range yeah. four with that. Yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, I've got two or three AM tokens. Like, um, I'm just gonna re-roll into two to three hits through heavy cover, and we're at range four. So, good luck. Yep. Um,
2: I mean, I think I think uh, it was actually Larry the year on the Discord that said this. I think he, he put it well with these changes where, um, uh, you know, both tauntauns and short troopers now. Sort of have to play the game instead of blank- breaking the rules, but they're still way more efficient than other choices. Yeah, um, I think Larry that's a good. Gets point. It. Yeah, Larry gets it. Well, and essentially, like we should sort of reiterate what, what Luke Eddie himself said, which is basically that like they wanted to address some of the bigger negative play experiences associated with the units and some of the things that felt like abusive loopholes, um, but that they have not, uh, you know, foregone potential future balance changes for those units after Worlds. Yeah, and then the Tauntaun uh, quote-unquote nerf is uh, just that they essentially, and it's worth explaining a little bit specifically how this works because it's a little bit confusing if you just read the text. They can no longer just freely move out of melee. They have to withdraw um, with a speed one move, but unlike other units, uh, when withdrawing they can also take whatever free actions are available to them. So that means Relentless and agile, specifically, and reposition. So uh, it's essentially identical now to how emplacement troopers work with respect to withdrawing.
1: Except you don't have a seven die. Well, pull to it right
2: and you don't have things like relentless that give you those free actions but like as far as the raw r- rules are concerned it's functionally the same you get c- you you have to withdraw but when you do so you can take whatever free actions w- you would normally get um so the implications are of course they're slower when they withdraw they can't you know <laughs> uh what is it roughly five inches is much shorter than 17 and a half as far mm-hmm. as their threat range is concerned. 17 and, and a half plus ramming. Well, right. Uh, they can yeah. no longer ram because you need a full speed move and uh, it doesn't change their max speed. Um, it just mandates that you make a speed one move. Yeah,
0: so it shuts uh, off um, their ability to ram when they withdraw. They get
2: one agile proc instead of two. So, like, it's definitely worse when they're coming out of combat, but I also think... I also think by the time that they've already rammed something the first time you're kind of screwed anyway (laughs) like
1: well so i think that this um so yes first of all um i i I think this kind of takes away the move shoot move into melee strategy that Tons employ um because you really can't afford to be tied up with a full unit anymore right yep um because a they'll beat you up because white saves are not great when you don't have those dodge tokens. Um and uh B just cause like you know, you need to be able to ram stuff once you're in melee. It's it's important. Yeah. Um so I don't know. I mean I've played a few games with the changes. They don't feel that different, <laughs> um, frankly.
2: Yeah, I feel like this is one of those things that like will quote unquote come up, but by the time it comes up, like it's not going to change the game outcome.
0: It came up in yeah. like one game that I remember that it changed the outcome, and that's when a Tawn unit went into melee to get safe, and then couldn't full speed away to break through later on because they were still tied up.
2: It's, are you talking yeah. about that game with me? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, if they if they had their ability to go full speed out of melee, they would have definitely broken through.
2: And added uh, their point maybe but, mr. there's a dark Lord of the Sith over there but uh, yeah I mean Vader yeah. was over there <laughs> anyway but, but
0: that's but that's the situation where it comes up is like if they need to get to a certain part of the board you have to choose mobility or tar pit you can't do both anymore yeah right and and, and tar pitting now is a commitment as opposed to just kind of casually doing it it's not incidental um, yeah to the point where it's sort of like, okay, well now I need to make a choice. Do I withdraw, or do I stay in, roll seven dice at you and aim, and then just do a bunch of damage to you and then force you to make the withdrawal. Which is probably better because that way you've done damage and stolen tempo simultaneously, rather than sacrificing your own tempo to withdraw. Um, there's just there's a lot more like um it's a lot more intricate it's no longer very simple which is like i win no matter what happens here
1: yeah i think that the biggest thing in that regard is that you can't like continue to melee things while getting two free dodge tokens every turn right yeah you gotta be like okay i like i'm gonna have to take the dodge action or or whatever right um you know i think i do think that if you resist the initial ton charge this makes it a lot easier to get back in the game um yep definitely
0: that's the trick though yeah the the charge has to bounce meaning you have to roll um, a bunch of saves <laughs>
1: it, it's also worth noting that the changes have made it so that luke can no longer serve uh, a ton unit out of melee and into another melee combat yes
0: that's big um i love that strategy the idea that like you can sort of pinball with serve your master well that's that's gone now
1: yeah like you can't you can't move out of combat and then shoot like it's a move action or uh an attack action and a withdrawal is neither of those things so um right you you get to attack without the additional positional
0: benefit right right of moving again Yep, um, takes that away from you. Yeah,
2: it definitely takes. But you shouldn't have. But. <laughs> you shouldn't be able to do that. that's ridiculous. The like, tons were already ridiculous. <laughs> they don't need more free stuff. Like, come on. Yeah, it's a sensible change. Yeah. Uh, I think it doesn't really affect their overall power level that much, but um, they still throw four reds with their yeah <laughs> shooting pistols. I mean, max firepower pistols are still pretty good. I hear. <laughs> it's was playing a game yeah. over the weekend, and I had a full rebel trooper squad. Just lose four dudes like taunta just rolls up, like you know, John Wayne. No, I'm, surprised. You're
0: gone. <laughs> I'm surprised it took you this long for that to happen to you. Well, like, usually the, the worst is when you think you're in cover, and then it's like, oh, guess what? There's nowhere to go because Sharpshooter One, yeah. you're open no matter what you do. In some scenarios, and it's generally
1: pretty easy to set up. I, I mean, I think the, the fact of the matter is that. Uh, on a last first Tauntaun charge with three units, you have to make thirty three saves. Like thirty three saves are forced, essentially.
2: Yeah, yeah. Roughly. Between the pistols and the charge.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, and and just like, it's a pretty yeah, big. Attack. Got a three up save. Like that's not great. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, it's still that's like what like, ten wounds on average yeah that's and so like i don't know that's only 300 points worth of dudes you know um and there's and there's generally not much you can do about it so. right
0: there's still 500 points of list but in back of it yeah to like be fair a
1: lot, a lot of the ton lists are not packing a whole lot of oomph behind that 500 points um i mean the ones that are running luke are right <laughs> right or the um the chewy fleets which is kind of niche, but still really good.
0: It lets you get to 12. Plus you have a second threat standing behind your, your taunts, which is pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. The way I feel about it is just like three units of taunts doing that. And then like, you know, either Luke coming up behind them and just being like, Hey dudes, I'm just going to clean up the pieces, have fun. Like Luke is hard enough to deal with without the taunts breathing down your back. Oh, for real.
2: Yeah. Yep. So that was, uh, if we want to like sort of segue into the European Championships, that was one of the most successful archetypes. There was Luke plus Tauntauns. Yeah. Um. Of of the top four uh, finishers, so this would be I think the four undefeated players after day one. Three of them were triple Tauntauns. Um, and I think of those, two of them were Luke trips, and one was Leia triple Tauntauns. Um, and then. Uh, The there was one Empire list actually which was speeder bikes plus short troopers. What? Which is super interesting to me. Um I mean they're cheaper now, they're only seventy five points. I've always kind of liked speeder bikes, but they also get shredded by a sharpshooter. So I'm I'd be very curious to see um what happened uh there with that list and how it was played. If um if you were the speeder bike player and you're listening to this, let me know because I'd be very curious to hear how your how your days went. And how you use those I, speeder bikes. For, I sort for... of
1: feel like um, that list is probably pretty good against everything that isn't Tauntauns. Uh, yeah. Well, you know. from what I understand, and and this is, this is
0: just my cursory, I mean, Ellis, who ran the thing, talked to us, or talked to me, at least a, a while ago, about it. And basically, the notion here is you have Shores with a bunch of aims from Veers, and you have you know, 18 speeder bike dice as well. And so you're just like rolling up there with your recons and your fast speeder bikes and just pounding them to death on turn one, trying to get a lead immediately. It's, it's very much of an, an alpha strike style of list. Um, I mean, straight up running gun. Yeah, exactly. You run I mean, up. you just roll up there with your aims and your speeder bikes and you just smash into something exposed and try to kill it quickly before it can do any damage to you. That and feels like you do pretty well, actually. Yeah, you seize control of the board. Um, you've got a lot of uh, mobility in the bikes. You've got a lot of uh, range in the shores. You got a lot of aims from Veers. So it's all the you have all the ingredients you need to muster a good offense. And uh, hopefully, yeah. you don't lose your bikes in the process.
1: I mean, I guess my fundamental question here is, does that list still work if shores aren't great anymore? I don't know. I
0: don't know. He also lost to Blue on Vaps because he t- he was he was red on Vaps with bikes. Which, yeah, it doesn't seem great. You know, yeah. you can't really play defensively. No, yeah. <laughs> and if your opponent yeah. camps his Vaps hard enough, you die like that's
2: that's kind of the lesson of being red on Vaps. Yeah, it's not like you can. I mean, the speeder bikes can't interact with the VAPS. So
0: yeah, and you also have to make a play. You can't not make a play; otherwise, you automatically
2: lose. Yep. Um. All right, you guys got any more takeaways from that other than Tauntaun's still good? <laughs> um. Uh. Kyle, there is no meta. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I do think that we're gonna see some more, a little more variety and surprises at Worlds. Um. Than we did there. But, uh, oh, R2 is in all those Tauntaun lists, also. Oh, um, shocker. <laughs> shocker. Um, as long as we're
1: talking about units that are too efficient, right? Well, oh, yeah,
2: geez. It's Ugh. hard to, it's, I mean, I've used actually, I've used R2 a lot, and I can't decide whether it's because of the Tauntauns or because of R2. Like, he definitely makes everything that they do better. You know, we've already talked about this, right? But they get in your face, they prevent yeah. you from getting to objectives, and then this tiny little mm-hmm. droid with the can, can inconspicuous just. Trundles into your deployment zone and scores a victory point.
3: Um, yeah. <laughs>
0: but you know, his body is white and his head is silver, kind of like a salt shaker.
2: <laughs> he has nice. the tiny little 35 point salt shaker. He's like a th- the thimble full of salt for you. Here it comes. But I'm, not, I'm not convinced that he's a problem in other list archetypes. So, we'll yeah.
0: See. Yeah. I mean, he kind of, the, the games I've had with him, he kind of just does nothing. My I'm people. sorry I, guys, <laughs> guys, <laughs> I, I feel like
1: I feel like you guys are like like trying to like pull my leg here or something but like I don't know 35 points to give your saber tank 4 extra health 35 points to just like I, ex- completely change the game on vaps or key positions or whatever like <sighs> I don't know I, like people, I, I know health. you guys play rebels and all, and it feels like he's not a problem, but like, Hey, I play empire Two man. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like For you it's more academic, I <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. It's, he's really good. He's really
0: good. Yeah. There's no denying he's amazing.
2: He's, you he can do hilarious things too. I had, I was using oh, a yeah. weekend and he, uh, Basically held down held down a whole flank by himself with three PO, just <laughs> like zapping fools with his electro electro thingy.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, he's got eight health effectively. Ten. Ten.
2: With Assuming 3PO. you've got three PO. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <sighs> but I mean, but I mean, the thirty five point version of him has ten health or eight health. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, it is a lot I easier
2: to one shot the four health version than the six health version.
1: Definitely. R- sure. Uh, that's fair. Um, I just like so. I think the mortar is probably too cheap. Um, I think R two is a lot better than mortar. I...
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All, right. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Mortars are also gated behind another unit.
2: <laughs> like... Oh man, you got to take short troopers to get a mortar. That's what a what a drag. What,
1: what a what a shame. <laughs> what I just a crying like crying shame. Uh, uh, there is a there is a there is some sort of cost there. Right? All right, the cost is non-zero. All right,
2: we've 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 been in our news slash housekeeping segment for thirty-five minutes, so let's uh <laughs> let's move on to Legion One Hundred and One.
1: It's time for Legion One Hundred and One classes in session.
2: Um, so this is sort of a broad topic, obviously, but um, we're going to talk today about. Playing an aggressive list versus a gun line, and vice versa, and what strategies you should be using. Uh, because this meta is kind of shaking out, you know, Rebel lists generally, and this was true even before Tauntauns when Rebels had Luke and Sabine, Rebels tended to have like good close up units that are mobile. Uh, and, you know, Empire, and for the moment, the two new factions have uh, more traditional, like defensive focus lists. Um, Gunline is a term that we use a lot, but essentially what that means is a unit that has like a lot of trooper units or other things that shoot, but are not necessarily super mobile and may not be as good in melee or up close. Would you guys agree with that definition, roughly? Say it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically a list that has a lot of... I mean, the fundamental definition of a gunline is a list that has a lot of things that shoot but it may not sure. be as mobile. Tends to be more defensive. Oh, it's
1: so more yeah, like a static agreed.
2: defensive style. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: It it generally has some. I mean, like, I I think most gun lines also have a focus piece, like a specific focus piece that that is that actually like kind of pivots the game. Like I I can't think of like a really great gun line that doesn't have a Bosk or a Luke or yeah something to that effect like you you need a piece there that can still make a play while the rest of the gunline holds down the fort and i think that's an important part or an important distinction in a effective gunline versus a gunline that doesn't isn't
2: uh right like you know you could make a veer's list with 13ish activations of just like shore troopers and stormtroopers and snipers and ewebs and it would be very good at shooting things, but if you needed to like make a play on a central objective, um, it would not be super good at that. No. So, yeah, I agree, um, and that's been kind of the traditional, like, sort of quote-unquote default Legion style list, right? Um, somewhere between four and six core units, some other supporting units in there, uh, a support commander like Veers, Krennic, or Leia, and then like a focus piece. That's kind of the standard.
1: Three snipers, generally. Well, yeah. Between two and three. Yeah. Just, you know.
2: Um, That's kind of like the the standard template for what we would call a gun line. And then you have your more aggressive lists, which, you know, the triple Tauntaun list is like the token example of this. But this could also be, I think that speeder bike list falls into this category that we just talked about.
1: Yeah. I think the original, like, uh, Veer's Boba bikes list from. You know, the early days of Legion kind of falls into that category, too, for the most part. Um, They they tend to be, like, heavy skews. I feel like. Yeah, I agree. It's it's less of, like, a... um,
2: All comers is not the right word because these lists can be very good at a variety of different things. But um, less of a, like, flex-type list and more, you know, we talk a lot about the beatdown versus the control. If you're playing an aggressive style list, you're probably sort of by default the beatdown player. Your list is not going to be as good at being the control player.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like a list like this, uh, like tabling your opponent comes first, the objectives kind of come second. Like you've got a bunch of units that can do objectives kind of just because you have to take them. But your primary pieces are not focusing on objectives. They're focusing on just running your opponent.
2: Well, and in in so doing, preventing
1: them from
2: reaching those objectives.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. It's just, that's kind of like a byproduct, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would actually argue, like, at least with the Tauntaun list, the whole function of the triple Tauntauns in that list, of course, is to kill things, but is also to put your opponent, like, to back them into their deployment zone so they cannot reach the table and interact with objectives. Yeah. Yeah, like, kind of pin them back.
0: Um you know basically leveraging their huge threat range you know a last first right 34 inches of movement plus 12 inches of shooting so <laughs> it's, a lot. It's, it's a lot yeah it's the table yes well yes uh, the short edge yeah uh, most of the, table. the long edge yeah. <laughs> well 34 plus 12 right so that's you know 46 the legion table is 72 inches from you know Short edge to short edge, right? Uh, so yeah, yeah, just well, I mean, two thirds of the table. It's just two thirds, <laughs> like, you know, the functional two thirds of the table because you know you're not using the whole table. Usually, you're probably just going to use you know some.
2: All right, eight, so eighty percent
0: of it, roughly.
2: All right, so let's talk about like strategically. Suppose you have a a quote unquote gun line. Sure. And you are facing one of those aggressive lists. Uh, what strategies are you employing with things like? deployment and setup and how like how what's your what's your approach to the game
1: um so one of the strategies that i've been employing specifically against tauntauns um is to intentionally set up in the farther back in my deployment zone um now you know you clearly need to play the game to completion for this to work but If you're able to extend their engagement by like a turn um, that can often mean the difference between kind of shooting the Tauntauns down to like there's only one Tauntaun in each unit before it gets to you um, if you have an extra round of shooting on the way in. Um, So I like to kind of do that kind of stretch it so that if they want to kind of do the charge thing, they've really got to dash across the table. Um, Uh, Otherwise, you kind of just have to sit there and eat it. <laughs> I don't. I mean, like, standbys are great, um, but you've also got to take them at the right time. Uh, otherwise, they'll just get shot off by the snipers. It's kind of important that if you're going to take the standby strategy that you put pressure on their snipers with your snipers, um, which kind of sucks because you're not shooting at their aggressive units. But um, if you're able to pull it off, it can be quite effective.
2: Yeah, so I actually want to talk about stand eyes standbys. because um, like we've talked about this as a counter to aggressive lists in the past,
1: but you can only shoot off so many standbys, right? I mean, so. they're they're really good against like rebel lists that are running Luke's Luke and Tauntauns. Like everything that matters in their list engage engages at range two, basically. So you know I mean we played a game the other day where, you know, I had like four standbys and you're like, uh, Yeah, I, don't I was like these off. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, bring it. Um, so I you know, I mean uh, that's definitely a viable strategy. It's not always gonna work though. Um, it didn't in that game. You, you
0: just got to make sure that when you set up your standbys. I mean, clones have an easy easier time of this for sure. But when you set up your standbys, you have to make sure you don't um, bleed units sort of outside of a shared radius. This is this is going to need like a diagram for me to describe this accurately because it's going to be hard to do it over voice. But um, I've, I've encountered this multiple times where uh, the gunline player only takes one angle into account, which is the forward angle. They don't take this lateral angles into account and so they bleed like cohesion a little bit where it's like okay well um you took this one standby here but you left a unit outside of the bubble so now i'm going to engage you outside of your standby because you have a vulnerable mini that lets me shoot the whole unit which is underneath the standby umbrella and so you have to just be very conscious of how you position yourself uh in, underneath the standby and understand that legion is a two-dimensional game where you have to, um, inc- you know, take into account the not just parallel lines but perpendicular lines, and try to um, make sure that you are, you know, so- self-contained and don't leave any unit outside where the Tauntaun player can find an angle to just kind of snipe you at. And I've kind of done this, you know, to multiple opponents where it's like, well, you see, there's this one unit, this one miniature here that's too far forward and so i can grab hold of your gun line now with my taunts and just deliver the goods and kill those guys um if that happens and you get shot make sure you kill that unit (laughs) because uh that way you don't get vulnerable to uh to another follow-up attack it's also it's also really important to figure out which minis you can remove and which minis you can't remove because of the way standby works um vision from individual minis matters uh, with your standby So you just have to be able to to you know be cognizant of that and position yourself correctly. There's probably a whole article one could write about this sort of thing. Ideas, you know, Um, (laughs) suggestions. neither of you want to take that on or anything? Huh? Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) So I'm gonna have a blog. Yeah, but but anyway, my point is positioning really matters, and with standbys, it's also risky because once you've finished your move and taking your standby, you're locked in place. And because of the alternating activation, um, you know, uh, nature of the game and the fact that if you move again, your standby goes away, or, or if something moves you like force push, Vader's might, you disappoint me, any of those other effects that cause movement, um, your standby is essentially lost. The only exception of course, is being clones where you have a safe unit standing with a uh, in the backfield with a standby and one guy out looking at the unit that's you know maybe going to process that, which is probably an Overwatch clone. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, just be cognizant of those things when you set up. That's definitely a, a big element of playing against an aggressive, t- aggressive, aggressive melee skill like Tauntauns. Tons. Is just looking at lines of sight, looking at where your miniatures are ultimately placed on the board, and try to make sure your everybody's covered.
1: Yeah, I th- I think a big piece to that um and i think it kind of boils into what you were talking about to some extent uh is that uh line of sight blocking terrain is generally not your friend when you're the one taking the standby tokens um which is kind of counterintuitive because like the whole kind of like epitome of standby is like you're this unit hiding behind the wall and somebody runs across and you just like blast him right um but it turns out just like the way legion works, often your opponent can set up like a full shot on you where only like one or two of your models can see. So like this shooting back is like not effective at all yeah um, in those situations and w- which I think is what you're kind of alluding to. That's there. one thing I'm alluding oh. to, yeah, which is yeah,
0: it's not just that um, I mean okay, so like worst case, you don't get a, you don't get to stand by because one miniature was left outside the bubble and so your opponent now has a place to stand where he, he doesn't trigger your standby unless you're overwatching. Um the second worst case is what you're describing which, where they find a place to stand where they're going to get hit by the standby but they're only going to get like a, a one or two minis shooting yeah. them, which is just horrible. Like maybe it produces one suppression maybe, but it's at the end of the round they've already activated they're going to remove it. You know, maybe that maybe they're a crazy tauntaun player that ran endurance instead of tenacity, which um, is a thing, especially if you're facing Commander Luke trip tons, Uh Commander Luke players are starting to run endurance in their taunts because they don't have strict orders. Yeah, so I can see that. Uh, the other thing is
1: that um, I think a lot of people need. It, a lot of people forget. Like, you can move off standby, um, and like in the situation we were just describing, where only one or two models can shoot, you should just move completely yeah. into so they can't see you yeah, and conversely you can kind of set up some tramp traps specifically if you're putting this tauntaun and you're like foremost unit has a standby token like they can set up to ram you and then like when they go to ram you you're just like yeah i'm gonna move backwards and then all of a sudden they're like okay my tauntauns are now sitting out in the open with no help whatsoever you do a
0: little rope a dope action
1: yeah um so i mean i i think that those are you know they're corner case scenarios for sure but you should keep them in your toolkit for when you need to pull them out um and and you're gonna have to do it a couple times and mess it up before you kind of get the feel for when you should do it or not Um, a lot of times it's probably more right just to stand there and shoot them with a full barrage before they ram you um than moving backwards because their guns are just as effective
2: yep it depends a lot on your command cards and stuff, too. Like, can you actually win priority next turn um, and stuff like that? Because if not, yeah. they're just going to be able to
1: open the turn with the thing that you avoided them doing at the tail end of the last one. And, like, if your opponent, like, made a mistake and, like, went, f- like, relatively early with the tons, and you were able to somehow get a standby token down in preparation or whatever, um, and they, like, tried to, like, ram you in the first few activations, like, that's a time where you want to move back, so you can just open up with your gun line and just wipe them off the face of the planet um but
2: yeah i like uh force pushing things into standbys too that's super useful if you if you have a character with force push
1: that's probably the best use of force push now that you can't force push things off the table um it's certainly the most flashy use of force push i mean it's the most lethal (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well,
2: um, in theory, it's it's not necessarily more lethal than like if you have an, a unit that's activated already and you force push it around a corner and then you spend the rest of the turn shooting it. Like this is roughly the same thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's just um, it's
2: just flashier when you can do it all at once and you're like, and hey, I'll trigger these four standbys and paste yeah.
1: your unit. Um, I also like throwing people into mines with it, but that's
2: yep. also fun um anyway uh all right um one thing too that i find useful playing a gun line versus an aggressive list is just being mindful of the line of sight blockers and trying to to the extent that you can do so without spreading out too much uh get like crossfire on those line of sight blockers and um you know essentially like denying the backside of them it depends on what the table looks like of course it depends on what your deployment looks like um but this is very doable in some situations and um uh, you know, especially when you're talking about larger models like Tauntauns are you know, they take up more space behind them. So you might not even need to get like a, a perfect like, you know, rear angle on that line of sight blocker. Um, so I tend to when I deploy a gun line against the list like that, I try and do like a, a little tight crescent thing, um, hopefully without your flanks being too exposed. But essentially to try and like deny the backside of line of sight blockers as much as possible. Um. So if you're if the reverse is true, if you're playing an aggressive list against the gun line, what strategies
1: are you employing? Um. So my general sense of how this matchup kind of plays out is that the aggressive list needs to make contact as soon as possible. Um. Otherwise, I mean the whole the whole point of a gun line is to kind of weather you down. And it's if if kind of the bite gets taken out of your aggressive list before you're able to do your damage, uh, a lot of times the game's over before it's kind of begun for you um, in that respect. Like, you know, if you shave a couple tauntons off of them before they ever get to attack, like chances are you're in a pretty good spot that game.
0: Yeah. Yeah as a tauntaun player i was really scared actually one game where i had a shore trooper unit put five crits through heavy cover in my dodges and i just lost a taunt outright i was like well that hurt and it was one quarter of my tauntauns and it was like that actually really did impede me for a fair bit of the rest of the game it definitely had to make me more cautious
1: took a lot of my force away yeah, I mean you're it they're very similar to speeder bikes in that like once they lose a model, um they're less good. Now I think they're better than a single speeder bike model. Oh by
0: sure. a long shot uh
1: yeah. Tenacity um, also
0: makes that single sergeant like forty percent more effective.
1: Yeah, but I mean it's it's also, you know, you're still shaving you know, let, uh, a single Tauntaun model as opposed to two Tauntaun models is about, what, 60% as effective? Yeah, it maybe. makes their
0: shooting horrible because now they only have two yeah, dice.
1: They pretty much have to rely on ramming things at that point. Yeah. They're, um, if they want to do anything,
0: they're in melee or they're nowhere once they lose a single yeah. mini.
1: It should be noted that they're still pretty good at killing strike teams.
2: <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or Sab strike teams. Yeah, um, I, I do think that, you know, uh, yeah, you, ju- you just want to get in there as soon as possible. And that's sort of counterintuitive to a lot of the ways that Legion has been played over the course of, you know, the last two years, just because overall, generally the first person in... Um, t- t- actually engaging in in like a a highly aggressive play is often um, a significant mistake unless it just is going to seal you the game.
2: Um, I mean, there is some value to, depending on how terrain shakes out and stuff, like if you can chip at your opponent safely with your mobility, um, and depending on where the objectives are and stuff, of course, as well, like I think that's... uh, often better and in, in actually the game that you referenced earlier David it was kind of this matchup right you were playing aggressive list I was playing gun line and it was breakthrough um, and you did essentially what Mike is describing you got in there kind of as quickly as possible and I think that worked out to your detriment ultimately Um, I mean it's hard to say because we didn't play the game in the second way like that could have very well been worse but yeah um, you know sometimes like if you can safely wait to rush the objectives i think that's also viable
1: yeah i mean i think breakthrough is a very um unique um take for the aggressive list and that you know uh on most of the other objectives if you get in there quick with the aggressive units and do the damage like you you've kind of cornered them in their deployment zone and they can't get out and they can't actually like interact but often you know yeah three tons crashed in there maybe they kill you know 500 points worth of stuff but generally they get cleaned up yeah yeah they're you know i mean like they will do their damage but i i feel like 60 to 70 percent of the time the tons do end up getting cleaned up the damage is done at that point um and generally the game is over but um, specifically on breakthrough like you need those taunts alive because that's how you're winning the game
2: right so it behooves you to wait to, right. to, to do that rush until they can be scoring units at the end of the game yep yeah i mean i'm
0: i'm uh, experimenting also with just holding back and just being like okay well you know um i could charge you i could move 30 inches uh but i'm not going to <laughs> And that sort of makes your opponent like have to make the play. You're trying to basically just force your opponent to make the bad move essentially at that point, which, you know, is kind of the essence of Legion it is, you know, this is why we play the, this is why the defensive gun line style has prospered thus far, which is it's rewarding to stall. Um, and it's rewarding to have range and high activation counts in the game. And if that ever changed, um, you know, kind of one of the core doctrines of Legion play would be altered fundamentally. Um but I mean like Tons can do the waiting game too because they don't have a compulsory move. So you can find some place to sash your Tons and then like play it out a little longer. Um you know you might you might be able to to sneak the win through at the end there. There's not a it's not always the best idea to get in there as fast as possible
1: no um it's it's worth noting that tons are also far more flexible aggressive units um in that like peekabooing with them is really good you yeah. know if if, yeah. if you've got an los blocker you know which i think can change that aggressive dynamic pretty substantially
0: i was i was trying to avoid saying this but i'll say it now um uh shoot what was i gonna say Oh, um, the, the,
2: <laughs> the, <laughs> you're trying so hard to avoid it that you forgot. I was move. that
0: I actually my brain actually literally blanked it out the instant I was about to say it. Wow, thanks. I brain. used Jedi mind
1: trick. Nice,
0: All right. best ability yeah. ever. By the way, I'll,
2: I'll remember it in like two minutes when we already moved on. Anyway, okay. go on. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, most aggressive units besides tauntauns essentially require you to like commit once you dive. Um, right. And there's they can sort oh, of uniquely. I remember what it
0: was now. There you
2: go. See? Okay,
0: so you know how limited Viz is, like, oh, I'm going to get my tauntauns up where I can charge. Uh, turns out, it's actually better to just wait for two turns because then you compress the game into a four turn game rather than a six turn game. Because waiting favors the tauntaun player. It's like here's my re- here's my resource, it, you know, here's my my pile of gold that I have to figure out how to budget over the course of the game. And if I have a condition that lets me sit on my pile of gold for two additional turns, mar- bravo, bring it on, because now I have more gold to
2: spend per turn. <laughs> I love that analogy. I love
1: everything. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, anyway.
2: yeah that's essentially what Limited Viz does, ideally, it's a for, for a Tauntaun list, is it turns it from a six-turn game into a four-turn game.
1: Yep. And it's already a four-turn game because people are you know, not finishing games on time. So yeah. it's essentially a two-turn game. <laughs>
2: Bring on the chess clocks. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Bring yeah. them on. <laughs>
2: We've talked about that enough already. Um, all right. Um,
3: and now here's a brief message from one of our blog writers, Zach Barry. Hey, Troopers. Zach here from the blog. Uh, just came on to the scoundrels here to talk about my blog post this week, uh, which was about waffling heading into worlds. Um, I hope that I'm not alone in this situation as we try to figure out what lists we want to bring. As we know, I used to be a Rebel player, and now I play Clones as well. For a long time, I was down and out on Rebels, but of Luke kind of uh, brought me back in. So some list ideas I'm tinkering with uh, pertain to Clones and the Saber Tank. Um, Reasons for that is I think the Saber Tank fits very well with Clones right now as opposed to Kenobi. Um, As much as I love bringing Jedi to tournaments, um, Kenobi is a defensive unit that fits the clones very well, but the activation count can kind of hurt him, whereas the tank can kind of pick up its points early on. Uh, As far as for Rebels, I still refuse to play those Tauntauns, so Operative Luke is intriguing to me because he plays defensive like Kenobi, ironically, but he has the activation count behind him where you can get to 10, 11, 12 activations with Operative Luke. His command cards are very strong. And it's just a list that I'm really entertaining, ironically, is a gun line. And um, one of the things I'm contemplating is whether a rebel gun line can actually hold up in this meta. Or maybe I just think that the gun line can hold itself up while Luke you know, runs it to victory. Um, the most important thing for all of us heading into Worlds is getting reps. And the issue with waffling is I need to figure out what lists I want to practice with. And if I want to go with this list, well, how many games do I want to get with that? And if I want to go with this list, how many games can I get in with that? And we're into crunch time with, what, 24 days left here. And it's really hard to figure it out. Um, The best thing I could do for advice is pick a list that you know you're going to enjoy, but also think you'll be competitive with. Um, And that's the importance to all this is that we want to go to worlds and enjoy ourselves while being competitive. Um, and obviously one of the best things about these events is going to see all of our friends that we talk to online. And that's probably the most important thing to me to this event is looking forward to meeting a lot of my fifth trooper brothers that I haven't met yet. Uh, streaming the event, playing in the event, meeting a lot of people and overall having a good time. Um, so hopefully I can figure out this waffling business that I have going on. And if you're waffling on a list, I hope you can figure it out for yourself as well. Um, well, good luck practicing and see you guys in a little bit. Well, why don't we move briefly onto our exploratory
1: section? Let's go exploring with notorious scoundrels.
2: Um, so the topic of this section is Chewbacca. Uh, So he has been making his way into competitive lists generally. Um, We've already sort of in the past talked about how he fits into like a Tauntaun list Um, because he has been used in... He was actually in one of those Eurochamp lists, I think. Um, He was also used by uh, Davis Kingsley. who finished second in Invader League um, in a Tauntaun list. I think he's got play also in other lists. I mean, essentially what he does is he... Acts as like a wound sponge for your more important things. Which,
1: yeah, he does the guards job a lot worse, but he does it well. If, yes,
2: <laughs> if, if if I as a rubble player could take Imperial Royal Guard instead of Chewie, I would do it twenty times out of twenty. Um, I mean, his bang. shooting's a lot better. It is, but like that's not why you're. That's not why you're taking the thing with Guardian.
1: No, but it's it's he's a he's a bit more flexible in that regard.
2: He is right. His um his shooting is, is very respectable, especially against the red save list. You know, because he's got range three pierce with with good dice, which is something. You know, you get. I mean, he doesn't have sharpshooter, which is unfortunate, but he does have surge crit. And um, if you get like an open shot against you know a shore trooper a unit or a mortar or something like that, like you're you've got a good shot at causing two to three wounds with that shot. Um, so yeah, his shooting's pretty good. His melee is also not terrible. Um, he's good at yelling at tauntauns and fighting them off a little bit. Uh, four or five right if you take tenacity. Um, he, yeah, he's kind of a flexy guardian unit. He's not he's not as good as, at the guardian or the melee thing as guard, but he's a little cheaper and he shoots better. And um, you know, rebels can't take guard, so. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've actually, I've been playing around with him a little bit in the rebel gunline style list and he helps eat those meaty dice pools on your core units a little easier. He helps a lot with snipers too. Um, a ton with snipers. He's a great sniper counter. Like that double hit on your core units through heavy cover converted to pierce one. Um, he's just like, yeah, I'll just take one wound. That's, that's good. I got eight more of those.
1: Yeah, he, that's definitely, I think, the best situation to be using him in.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. He, I don't he, think he just, does
1: much against Shores.
0: You win the Sniper War hard, but yeah, I was about to say, like, the Shores don't, like, the, the crits don't care, you know?
1: That's well, his not biggest like that, downfall. Like, if you've got, like, six hits coming through, like, sure, go ahead, Guardian 3, you're still losing half your unit.
0: Right, you're also taking a third of Shui's health to do that, to even just get away with losing half your unit. Like, yeah. do you actually Guardian? Do you just let them die? There's a chance you might. At yeah, I think point, there's
2: a chance to just let them die. <laughs> let them go. <laughs> if that happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's not great against the uh, the shore pools. That's for He's sure. good against bikes. He's good against um,
0: Snows with Flamer that haven't been seen in a long time.
2: He's decent against Tauntaun Pistols.
0: Yeah, against tons, yeah, definitely because they have only four dice. So it's like, oh, I'm gonna take a couple of these, and then we're gonna let it ride on the rebel, you know, defense surge, and see if we get the fifty-five percent, you know, toss.
2: Yep. But uh, yeah, so snipers and ton pistols, not so much short troopers. Um, decent.
0: Yeah. Plus, he's also a crit machine. Yeah like he synergizes with the gun lines and like uh, i think we were talking yesterday r2 3po with chewy you know double aim chewy not the worst thing ever triple aim chewy with hunter seems also fairly decent if you're just re-rolling for crits yeah i mean
1: uh also like in melee he is no slouch
2: yeah yeah four to five red i mean like that's super reliable melee pool
1: yeah, especially if you're, like, fighting a, like, lightsaber user. Like, that's just as effective as, like, Vader's attack.
2: Yeah, because he doesn't have Pierce, but he doesn't care in that situation.
1: Yeah, it's just, like, you know, pretty pretty good against all of that. Like, he's going to die eventually, but... Yeah.
0: You know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the worst part about him is that without upgrades, he's, what, 95? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to take Tauntauns with Tenacity instead.
2: Well it de- yeah it depends on your it depends on two things. It depends on what style of list you're playing. And in, you know, you also can't take four tauntauns. So um, True. <laughs> the True. reason is like these in like these twelve activation eleven twelve activation leia triple tauntaun lists, right? You've already filled out your tauntauns. You need something to keep them alive and to keep your snipers up. Yeah. Like he's a perfect use for that.
0: Yeah, very specific function there. He just fits in really well, too, because you only have like 85-ish points left. So it's like, oh, well, if I can make room for Chewie, I'll make room
1: for Chewie. There's this other guy. He's got a really cool shiny green lightsaber. (laughs) Uh, He puts on a backpack really well, and um, (laughs) he likes to use Jedi mind trick. Um, I hear hear he's a really good alternative. He's good. Yeah, he's real good. Yeah. Can't confirm can confirm um, as long as we're talking about things that go in the operative slot uh yeah, yeah
2: i mean i think your top 2 rebel operatives are r2 and that guy right
0: yeah chewie's like a <laughs>
2: chewie's a chewie's a close fourth after sabine <laughs> look i think he's i think he's in a more competitive spot than like boba fett right now definitely
1: yeah, I mean, I don't know. Neither of them really have command cards, so... <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on. <backpack laughs> cards are Come on. That backpack rocket is still scary. So it's a whipcord. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, Actually, I feel like back might have backpack value, rocket yeah. has been significantly uh, out outclassed.
2: Yeah, I mean, it used to be amazing. Now it's like, oh, it's only five dice.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. It's kind of like...
1: Yeah, it's kind of like, wow. all right, you know, I mean, like, don't get me yeah. wrong, I'll play it if I was playing Boba, but um, I think in a lot of these lists, like if you're playing Boba, you probably also have some shores, so you probably just want coordinated Fire and Assault.
2: Yeah. Now that we've entered like the Juiced Ball era of, uh, <laughs> the steroid era of Legion. <laughs> from yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, which basically makes Boba just whipcord, which, you know, I don't know. But Boba's standard ranged attack leaves something to be desired. Yeah, it
2: used to be great when like killing, you know, between one and three guys reliably was good, but that's That's
1: yeah. not good anymore. True. Yeah, we're not, not on a, not on your focus piece. Yeah, right? we're
2: not we're not bunting for hits anymore. No, yeah. no more. I mean
1: that's that's acceptable if you're bossk and you're doing it from like the tip of range four, but if you need to be at range two to do that, things get a little significantly more dicey.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, that was a fun tangent about Bubba Fett. Um. <laughs> yeah. So Chewy, pretty pretty decent. Uh, yeah, I, I like him.
0: I like him. I I want to try some of these lists with him. My fear is that for you know, now you have a hundred point alternative in Cassian in the future.
2: Well, we're <laughs> at
1: least also a better operative. Also. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now if, if
0: you know what, if.
2: He's, yeah, he's not out yet. <laughs> I will be playing him like crazy when he is. Um, I mean, you go, you guys know how much I hate snipers, right? So I will do it. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway,
0: does it? What uh, does it say about
2: Chewie that we can't stop talking about everything that isn't Chewie?
1: Yup. Yup.
2: I think he's fine and interesting, and there's a place for him now when there when there didn't really used to be. I think there's a more of a place for Chewie right now than Han.
1: Actually, yeah. yeah. Can we talk about the fact that R2 and Chewie basically have very similar effective health?
2: <laughs> no, because that's very sad. <laughs> r two can't guardian. It. I, I oh, not
1: not the point I was making. Can no, you it imagine a he
2: would be if he had like guardian too?
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways, Can you imagine if
0: Chewie scored victory points instead of giving them away?
2: Ah, when he he's actually die. pretty hard to buy because you just you just guardian you just kill him with guardian. <laughs> you you just kill him with guardian. He says. Well, okay. Anyway. All right. Yeah, I get, I get it. Um, <laughs> so, check out our interview with Lugetti, which dropped uh, yesterday. If you haven't done that uh, yet, he talks about lots of things, including the RRG um, and vital assets and Aiden and Cassian and, and all the hot news, uh, Clone Wars stuff. Um, and then also check out the Fifth Trooper this week for a super special interview, interview with somebody. Um, with somebody.
1: Yeah. You're gonna be awesome.
2: It, yes. Uh, all right. So we are the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. I'm David. Uh, Stay fresh. Cheese bags.
1: Ban Chewbacca.
0: Join us next week for another episode of the
2: Notorious Scoundrels. This has been a Fifth Trooper production.